0: Welcome to PlayStation Daily. I'm John Blanco, and we're today here, of course, for the Thursday chill. That's right. It's a Thursday chill this time. Uh, Reason being, tomorrow I'm going to be covering the video game awards that are on tonight. So I didn't want to wait over the weekend. I don't want you guys to have to wait to hear my reactions to it. So we're chilling today, and we're all business Tomorrow. So, what are we gonna chill about? Well, first of all, the PlayStation Access Controller was released today. I believe it was. Yep, official release was today. This is a controller that is built for uh, differently abled gamers, and it looks a lot like a. Do um, you ever play the game Tapple? It's a, it's a circle with buttons around the outside. It's like a word game thing. Look it up, Tapple. Anyway, every time I see this controller, I think of the game Tapple. Uh, But, like, if you've never seen controllers that are built for these purposes, um, they're going to look very different, big buttons. And they can be confusing at first, but uh, the PlayStation Access controller has a circle of buttons, and the the goal of these kinds of controllers is to be programmed, customized, remapped, whatever words you want to use. They are not designed to be, like, a super comfortable controller. The reason being is that... People have various disabilities, and you can't really know. Everyone's different. It's very unique, right? And so you have to come up with a design for a controller that can handle just about everything. So don't look at these controllers and think, how is that easier than holding a DualSense controller? Think about it in terms of these buttons, um, which is very cool, actually. These buttons can be pulled out and dropped back in actually very easily. They are magnetized. So it's not like a, a keyboard where you have to use like you know a flat edge screwdriver and pop a, a button off or something. Um, so you move, you can move the buttons around. You can remap what things do. They have some buttons that are toggle buttons, and then you can f- you can switch them out for buttons that are hold down um, because there's there's a lot of gamers that can't really hold down buttons for long periods of time. It's it's there's a stress that it puts on the fingers, and yeah, they can do all sorts of thing. It has one big. Uh, analog stick Um, you can actually get another analog stick as well I'm not sure how it works with games that we think of with cameras but uh, yeah it's pretty amazing looking you can mount it onto a wheelchair there's it's really the amount of design that goes into these things to handle so many different kinds of cases of people who will be using this is outrageous if you think about how hard it is just to just to design a regular controller that, you know, people like with like standard hand use can use, you know, it's all about real, really comfort and maybe the feel of the buttons. But man, they're going for one kind of block of gamer. This is just, there's so much they have to keep track of. And I've even seen stuff in the, um, in some of the intro videos that talk about the fact that The box is balanced. So when you hold the box, there's not one part of the box that's particularly heavy. And the little pieces don't come in plastic. Because all of those things can be challenging to get to. So amazing work. I I work at a job. I do a job. I'm a computer programmer. And um, I focus on design systems where I work. So I build buttons. I build text fields. I build all the little pieces, all the little widgets, if you will, of what an iOS app you know, apps that you run on your iPhone um, would have. And I, a big part of my job is working with accessibility teams to make sure that our controls are accessible, color contrast ratios. If you have an iPhone, you have the ability to use a feature called VoiceOver, which is just an amazing thing if you've never seen it before, but it changes, completely changes the controls on your phone. When you tap, it's all about picking a location on the phone that gets focus. And you can swipe with your finger to move that focus around. You can double tap to fire things. There's so many possibilities of it. Meanwhile, the um, speaker is actually speaking where it is. So I have to make controls that work with voiceover so that they read out what they are. They let you tap and explains things. If some state changes, it needs to announce it like a progress bar. Um, There's so much that goes into it. So kudos to that team. That is not easy work at all. And um, just glad that games just become more accessible to another huge group of people. And if not accessible, but more accessible, easily accessible. So that's great stuff. We got new info on The Last of Us 2 roguelike mode. And the more I hear about this, the more excited I am. I remember when they first announced it, As part of the remaster, I was just excited because I wanted a PS5 version of The Last of Us 2. I wanted to have DualSense support and, you know, maybe a little better graphically. I didn't you don't really need it, but good. All that's great. And they were doing a ten dollar upgrade. Now, I still have to buy the game. I have it physically, but I want a digital version. And I don't think it's going to be going on sale. It's forty dollars right now. I'm just going to wait it out because there's no reason not to, but I'll probably be in for another 50 um, and then just try to sell my physical version. But it's called No Return. And the reason why I'm getting more excited is this is a really... <sighs> Look, it's a standard roguelike thing, right? Like, it's, it's not going to be something, you know, weird or whatever. I think what, what I find impressive about it is how much they're just taking this adventure game and turning in a roguelike feature that just feels so natural. Like, it it almost feels like, well, duh, like, why not? So what you do is when you make a run, um, you choose your character, and they have all the characters in there, especially all the main ones, Ellie, Dina, Jesse, Tommy, Joel, Abby. I wouldn't be surprised if they're holding back some characters. It definitely looks like a lot of them you have to unlock, which is great. That's so much fun. Like, I hope you just start with Ellie and that's it. I hope you have to unlock everybody, okay? Um, So that's exciting. And then there are, from what I can see, different attributes, skills, traits, what have you. So I don't know if they're tied to the character or they're randomized. So that when you're choosing the characters, you know, when when you're starting a new run, it might be, oh, here's Ellie, but um, she can get more currency and she has access to pipe bombs. But then the next time you play, it's like, oh, she just has more health and, you know, she gets more parts or whatever. I hope it randomizes a bit, I'm, I, but they might be tied to it. I'll, I'll say this. I'm trying not to learn too much about this. I've seen IGN has a video, like a hands-on thing. I really don't want to know. Um, I want this to be more of a surprise. So sorry if I don't have all the information that's out there, but um, I'm just going based on their trailer. Then, you know, you can upgrade your weapons through the run, which is standard roguelike fare. I don't know how it's going to happen or what you have to find or if you get to choose between like two different kinds of upgrades. I'm not sure. And then every run you have these individual challenges you have to do. So the things I've seen are fully upgrade a gun, buy 10 items. And I don't know what it'll get you, but um, that makes every run interesting because sometimes you can strategize and say, hey, I want to buy things at a store, but I got to buy a bunch. So I'm going to buy some cheaper things, maybe buy some things that I don't even need. Uh, It just makes each run, that's what makes a good roguelike, honestly. Each run you have a a set goal. It's not the same goal over and over and over again, you know. When you play Slay the Spire, your goal is to get up the spire, but sometimes your goal is to try to um, get a different kind of deck so that you can attack in a different kind of way. Sometimes you do a run where you're going to try to go after the really the elite enemies. And you're, it's either, you know, live or die early. Like that's a that's a strategy. This one is the same way. There's going to be different things that you're trying to do. And, you know, it's it looks like it's going to be great. There's bosses in the game. Um, I think these are just bosses from within the game. I wonder if there's maybe something new. I don't know. Uh, you start at a different location and then you have that choice of which way you want to go. And from what I can see, the locations have different goals. So I've seen um, assault, hold out, and capture. And so I'm gonna guess in capture you have to get something because in the video the character was opening a safe. So I think it's like you have to like you know capture something or a safe, capture a person. I don't know. Uh, hold out might be you're trying to um, keep zombies at bay for a certain period of time. Uh, assault maybe attack people and 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 you know clear everybody it just looks so good and the thing is i think we're going to see a lot more of this now i think a lot of games that we see will have dlc modes that just have a roguelike mode they just take their same characters and give you control they just randomize the levels and then they throw in a bunch of unlocks who wouldn't want a uh, a roguelike mode in Elden Ring or a roguelike mode in like a game like Alan Wake. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm super excited for this. I did not expect that this would be something like really, really cool. I was kind of like hopeful, but like, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to play this game again January 19th. Sorry, Princess Prince of Persia, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait. Um, it comes out January 19th. Cannot wait. Another story that I've seen come up <laughs> digital content being removed from not only the playstation store but you're going to lose access to it as well i've seen so many tiktoks and reddit posts about this one i think it's a little overblown but i also think there's legit realistic concerns too i think in this case playstation is removing what they call discovery content and i don't discovery has been doing this i think they're going for like tax breaks or whatever But Discovery has really taken a lot of their shows, a lot of their media, and just killed it off. And uh, they're making PlayStation not only not make this stuff available in the store, but if you did buy it, you lose it. And the weird thing here, and this is part of the real concern I hear, is we're not... I mean, I don't think you have to give a full refund to people, but maybe you got to do something. If somebody bought a whole season of a show and it's being taken away, that doesn't seem right to me. And I feel like I don't know. Either PlayStation had to make that very, very clear that maybe this content will last three years or four years. It doesn't sound like they did. Or I don't know. I don't think they. I don't think they owe the seller in terms of like credit or whatever. I think Discovery should though. I think Discovery is the real villain here. I don't know what's going on with them. All right, they killed some of my favorite shows. But I do think that you don't have to worry too much about it. We've seen games get pulled from the store, but they let you keep running it. And I've seen a lot of people talk about, this is why I get physical media. Well, look, if you you like physical media, great. I'm not going to argue that. But you're not, like, magically in the clear. First of all, if you have a physical disc, and if someday there was no store available, you wouldn't be able to get an update to your game. And some of these games, we've seen a lot of them lately they have come out in really bad shape, okay? Maybe not totally broken right off the bat, but they come out in really bad shape. So having the disc won't really help you too much if you have a really broken game. Secondly, if Sony wants to, they could prevent your physical media from working too. Um I can't think of a case where that has happened, but it sure as heck could happen. So you might have like let's say a licensed game I'll use Scott Pilgrim as an example because that happened once before where they took it off the store. And they could say, oh, yeah, your physical disc doesn't work anymore. Will they? I don't think so. Could they? They sure could. (laughs) So you might be uh, messing with firmware updates and having to get your PlayStation online. I'm just saying. um, Don't worry too much about it. This thing seems to have affected TV shows and whatever. I don't know how many people buy TV shows with their Sony account. But I guess it does happen. I just wish that they handled this a little bit better. I feel like Sony should just tell Discovery, "No, we're not going to like take it away from them in terms of digital media." Um, you know, you need to pay these people. You need to refund these people. But there you go. And uh, another big thing this week, the GTA Six trailer was revealed. Um, a bit surprising, or maybe not, depending on your perspective. But it's coming out in 2025 as of now. Um. Yeah, I think a lot of people were hoping it would come out in 2024 considering we were getting, you know, they, they had announced this trailer and then they played this trailer and it looked really good. And then it was 2025. So like, yeesh, you know, tough. Um, the thing that annoyed me the most about this trailer is that it had to exp- had to be explained to people that this was Tom Petty that was singing. Um, we're at an age where people don't recognize Tom Petty's voice instantly. Ah, ah, getting old. I have never played a GTA game except for the first one, the 2D one, the overhead one. I can't remember why I had it, but I played that for a little while, just for fun. It's not like I played it for a serious amount of time. Um, I haven't played the, uh, the, th- the 3D versions of the game. I don't know what it is, the subject matter. I'm not offended by it or anything like that, but I think I just prefer fantasy settings, you know, adventure-type settings. I i've seen enough of this world you know and you know i'm not really in it to like rob banks and stuff like that but um i don't know i could see myself playing playing gta 6 i'll tell you what and i think i'm not alone in this it has me interested in just buying gta 5 and just trying it i mean how much how much does gta 5 cost now let me let me look it up gta i guarantee you a ton of people are buying gta 5 i mean there's got to be some people who don't have it yet right GTA 5 is not available for purchase? <laughs> uh okay, $29.99. So you can buy the premium edition. Oh, you can't buy the PS4 version. Is that because they gave it away for free? Um PlayStation 5 $39.99. Premium edition, $29.99. Is this... Why is that cheaper? Premium edition and Whale Shark card bundle is $23.99. Why is it getting cheaper and cheaper the more they offer? (laughs) That's odd. Oh, that's a PS4 version. Okay, so for PS5 right now, it is $40. Um... I also see Grand Theft Auto 5 PS4 and PS5 bundle for twenty dollars. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'll look at a trailer. Who knows? Maybe I'll play around. It's twenty bucks. I'll see. I'll see what it is. But um, certainly could play it and not have to deal with um, being um, kind of over it for GTA 6 since we have a year. So I think a lot of people who haven't played GTA 5 might be um, looking at it now. Got tons of views. It really is amazing. GTA five sold so many copies. And I remember saying like, I don't really know people who have played the game, but that might be just me. But yeah, like how many people watch the trailer for it? Pretty incredible. And then tonight, like I said, are the game awards. I am going to be on the Nintendo dad's show. Um, That's going to be appearing. um, Probably tomorrow morning. You'll be able to, access that online uh the nintendo dads are just what that is it's for um, older guys that love nintendo in fact my other podcast that i've talked about on this show the dads after dark show is a part of the family uh, of the nintendo dads and uh, i work very closely with them i've been on their show a couple times before and i can't wait to be on with them again we're going to be talking about the game awards and i'm hoping to bring a playstation perspective to some of the things that we see So tonight, the game of the year is going to come down to six games. Four of them are available on PlayStation. That's Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Resident Evil 4, and Alan Wake 2. It is expected that it's going to come down to Tears of the Kingdom. That's a Nintendo Switch exclusive and Baldur's Gate 3. Any other game would be shocking. Uh, I wouldn't be disappointed if Spider-Man 2 won. I just don't think um, it can outshine those other two, but we'll see. Should sure that be exciting? Lots of other PlayStation games are nominated, but the reason why you watch this show is because of the announcements. And, you know, there's a lot of announcements, not necessarily by PlayStation, but for PlayStation. So you'll see a lot of announcements for games that will be appearing on PlayStation. I expect PlayStation to be promoting something T- tonight. What that is, I don't know exactly. Um, I do expect Xbox to be making some announcements. I think they've said as such. But there's always some really exciting things, DLCs and whatever. We might see the Elden Ring DLC. That's certainly possible. We might see Marvel's Spider-Man 2 DLC. Um, We might see uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm almost guaranteeing we'll see a little bit more of that. But um, if you're a PlayStation fan, um, definitely worth watching the Game Awards. Or if you don't want to watch it, just go on YouTube and see all the different announcements. It should be really exciting. So can't wait for that. It's going to be a busy, busy, busy night tonight watching that and then recording for the Nintendo Dads and then recording my reactions episode tomorrow. I am continuing to play Batman Arkham Asylum Fairly slow progress, like I said. It it feels its age, um, but it's still good enough to play, so I'm just kind of trudging through it and uh, enjoying it. And, um, yeah, I still kind of... I'm kind of looking forward to finishing that up within the week. And then I'll have a very exciting time figuring out what I'm going to play next. But um, for right now, it's all about the Game Awards, and, yeah... I can't wait to see what we have. It'll be a fun episode to record late tonight for tomorrow. PlayStation Daily is your daily podcast for everything Sony PlayStation. You can send me topic ideas you'd like to hear me talk about. Give me your reaction to the Video Game Awards. Uh, the Game Awards, I'm sorry. Feedback for the show or just say hello on threads at psdailypod or send me an email to Pod at gmail.com. Hope you've enjoyed today's pod. Happy gaming. Happy holidays, happy Game Awards, and until next time.